We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're Georgia and you're looking for a quarterback in this class or you're LSU looking for your quarterback in this class, um, I don't think that they're, they're very motivated to go after Avery. They think he's pretty locked in over there at K-State. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. All right, welcome into another Three Mob Podcast. I am John Kurtz. I've got one of my crew members here with me today. That is Derek Young from K-State Online. No Cole Manbeck today, but that is just fine because we have a very special guest on the National Recruiting Analyst with On3. Obviously, one of the big names now in recruiting and the recruiting, recruiting landscape, Sam Spiegelman, joining us. And really appreciate him taking the time. Before we get to Sam and discuss Avery Johnson, K-State's new Elite 11 quarterback that is committed and seems firm in that commitment to the Wildcats, do want to give a shout out to uh, Holiday Distillery. They have 360 vodka. They have Ben Holiday bottled and Bond bourbon. You guys know it. We talk about it a lot. Whatever it is that you're celebrating, commiserating, goes perfectly with anything in sports, right? You can uh, drown your sorrows or celebrate with your poison of choice, so to speak, whether you're a 360 vodka fan or Ben Holiday bottled and Bond bourbon, which is uh, ours of choice here on the show. Uh, make sure to support them. They've done a great job supporting us and uh, have K-State connections as well. So appreciate Holiday Distillery as always. And appreciate Sam Spiegelman taking the time to join us here on the podcast today. Sam, I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a little bit weird being somebody that I covered K-State for 10 years. I've been a fan my entire life. It's not often that K-State has landed anybody that draws the attention of a national recruiting analyst. That's that's kind of new uncharted territory for us. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to have you on that the K-State is at least in this conversation at this point. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I guess I guess it, it happens, you know, every now and then, and that's what happens when you get new 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 blood to a coaching staff, and um, obviously K State is littered with tradition. I don't like to tell you guys that, but sometimes, you know, so a new coaching staff brings uh brings along some new chapters, and recruiting is recruiting is a changing landscape. Um, you know, I know that we're going to talk about it later with NIL and stuff, but you know, different coaches have different approaches, and you know, sometimes, you know, a different offense will just open up a different you know layer to recruitment. And, 
and that's what we have here with K-State and, and Avery Johnson. Yeah, well, I know you got a chance to see him at, at Elite 11. K-State fans are really excited for him, especially because he seems to be really all in on, on K-State here at this point. But what what in general do you feel like K-State is getting as far as the talent is concerned with Avery? Yeah, well, you know, before before I got to see Avery um, in person and, and Elite 11 was the first time I've actually got to see, you know, see him throw in person, which I think is such a critical aspect of, a, of an evaluation, especially at, at any position. But at, at quarterback, I feel like if you, if you don't see them really in person at any point, it's, it's really tough to have a good read on the kind of thrower they are. And, and you know, obviously the Elite 11 puts them through there's so many rigorous events. Um, to talk about just his, his physical makeup, um, you know, he's, he's an athletic-looking kid. He's not the biggest quarterback you've ever seen, but he's certainly an athlete at 6'2", 180-something pounds. Um, we know about some of his measurables, you know, 4540. Um, 37 inch jump at the vertical jump. Um, and then I think, you know, obviously his multi-sport background, not only is he a fantastic football player on Friday nights, he's a fantastic baseball player, basketball player. The highlights obviously have, have gone viral to an extent, but, um, seeing him in person, I think, um, you know, especially in, in today's era of quarterbacks where we're always looking for the next athletic, um, you know, athletic off schedule playmaker. I think Avery Johnson can definitely inspire those kind of uh, thoughts and, and in his evaluation, I thought he really stood out with um, really his touch on his deep throws. Um, I think that's probably, you know, probably the more difficult throws. Um, it's, it's easy to sling it deep. It's not always easy to be accurate all the time. And for a big athletic quarterback like Avery, um, I thought his deep throw accuracy was great. I thought he was really solid underneath. Um, but he was able to put some spin on throws underneath and make a little bit more advanced throws than you probably expect for, a, you know, a multi-sport, you know, big name from a small school sort of kid like Avery. Um, yeah, I, I think when you when you pair, you know, the ability to, you know, the, the emulated pressure during the Elite 11 with his, with his actual athletic background, you can you can begin to project, which is always a dangerous thing, but you can project to see really um, big things and really high upside with a kid like Avery with, with what he showed at Elite 11 on top of the athletic background that he brings to the table. Yeah, Sam, was there a part of that Elite 11 event where he stood out the most? Was there any, like... I, I know they do a bunch of different rigorous things, but there, was there any part of it where he basically was one of the best, if not the best? Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I thought the, the the first day every year is, is always tough because they do it a, an array of challenges. But, you know, as you know, for any national event, with, you know, there's not 11 quarterbacks there. There's 20 quarterbacks there. I think travel kind of kicks in. So, yeah, I think you really see the quarterbacks at their best during the pro day, which is the second night. And it's personally, I think, the biggest indicator because the pro day eventually is, is what they're going to be going through when they're getting ready to hear their names called on draft night down the road. And I think the, the pro day is a good indictment of, of where they are, you know, in terms of, you know, the ability to make all these throws and then the emulated pressure that we're talking about with Avery. And I thought he shines on the elite 11 pro day night, the second night. And then I thought, you know, he had his ups and downs on during the seven on seven portion and the event, he had a couple of interceptions, but um, I think that that's just, you know, so did Alabama's quarterback commit. So did, you know, you know, Oklahoma's quarterback commit, who, you know, is, is the Elite 11 MVP. Interceptions are a part of the position. Um, but, I, you know, so I, I thought really the, the pro day was where he shined. And then I thought he definitely had his moments where he got to show parts of that um, during the seven-on-seven competition, which is also a check in the right direction. You've seen a lot of quarterbacks nationally and probably just about every Power 5 commit at this point. And we know his athletic numbers and you've, already mentioned some of them is he the most athletic quarterback in the country is is there anyone in that ballpark with him um 
you know, he he certainly has a case as as one of the better pure athletes. I think when you when you look at his background and in each of these different sports and how it actually factors into his game. Um, but this is a this is a really good quarterback class. So you know, maybe if you know if you're going to ask one of these quarterbacks, maybe try a different position. Avery might be the obvious you know selection. Um, but there's just some really unique and gifted athletes in this particular recruiting class. Like my joke this entire offseason has been. You know, there's going to be a 30 for 30 about this particular quarterback cycle, um, you know, years after they're all drafted and, you know, having these outstanding NFL careers because you obviously start with Arch Manning at the top, um, you know, and right behind him, guys like Dante Moore and, uh, and Nico. Um, these are these are elite quarterbacks that, you know, in a given year are usually number one or number, you know, you can make a make a case at least for number one. And, you know, then you got the Jackson Arnolds of the world, but Eli Holstein is a fantastic athlete himself and Ricky Collins and Avery Johnson. He's in that ballpark. JJ Cole is someone who shined at the elite 11. Um, so yeah, he's definitely one of the most athletic quarterbacks. Um, and it's a big part of his game, but it, it's a tough year to to say whether he's the best athlete overall. Is there a, a guy that's played in college or in the NFL that, sticks out as someone that Avery reminds you of the most at this point? You know, maybe it's a buzzy situation just because there's a lot of eyes on him as training camps open up. But, you know, you think about the raw skill set about Trey Lance and what they're doing in San Francisco. And, um, you know, I, I'm, the testing numbers are, are pretty comparable and, and the arm talent is, is certainly there. And we got to see that, you know, a little bit earlier this summer. And, you know, obviously Trey Lance is older and a little bit more developed and he's working in Kyle Shanahan's offense. But, um uh, you know, from my eyes and what I've seen from Avery Johnson on tape and in person, you can't tell me he can't do the same exact things and bring a similar skill set that's to, a, to not only a college offense at K-State, but, but on Sundays as well. Well, that's a that's a very appropriate cop there because we know that Chris Kleiman's the guy that recruited uh, Trey Lance to North Dakota State. So that's that's why they pay you the big bucks, Sam. That's, I guess so. That's good work right there. <laughs> hey, um, one thing, and maybe this is like the – uh, K-State fan in me kicking in here, but you know, it's not done until it's signed on the dotted line, right? And K-State's dealing with a lot of drama right now with Dylan Edwards, a running back that had been committed and decommitted, but Avery Johnson still being out there. Are there schools that could potentially wind up in a tough spot where they wind up without a quarterback and would come into the picture here? Obviously schools that would be higher up on the food chain that K-State that, that people should be keeping an eye on. You know, to be perfectly honest, um, you know, we're, we're still the quarterback dominoes are still falling because it's it was obviously like I, like I mentioned earlier, it's been a unique cycle with uh, with obviously kind of waiting for Arch to commit. And then we saw the domino trickle down effect from Arch on down. Um, now, Avery has, you know, not really overlapping teams, but obviously the schools that fell out of the Arch race, um, schools that maybe saw, you know, Dante Moore come off the board. Um, or Jaden Rashada come off the board, you know, they, they stuffed around Avery Johnson. He's coming off a fantastic Elite 11 performance. There was no reason not to, you know, same goes for someone like J.J. Cole at Iowa State. Um, and from talking to various coaching staffs around the country, um, the sense is that he's pretty locked in with K-State. And that seemed, you know, if, if you're, you know, if you're Georgia and you're looking for a quarterback in this class or you're LSU looking for your quarterback in this class, um, I don't think that they're, they're very motivated to go after Avery. They think he's pretty locked in over there at K-State. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, that's good news. K-State fans will definitely love hearing that. You know, I brought up briefly the Dylan Edwards situation, and without getting into the specifics of all that, the, the interesting part to me is I think for K-State fans, like I was joking with you earlier, like we're not really used to national recruiting or guys that have national offers. So Dylan Edwards, a legacy, he's committed, one of the fastest players in the country. Then he gets a Notre Dame offer. All of a sudden, he's not committed uh, just over a month later. And there's been drama back and forth. He's doing Instagram lives. K-State fans have taken offense to some of the things that he said. My question to you is just, I always feel like people don't realize how common that is because we're just not used to it. Like how, how common are situations like that when you're talking about some of the top 100, 200, et cetera, prospects across the country? Yeah. Dylan Edwards is really special. Um, you know, I got to see him for the first time at future 50 this summer. Um, and I, you know, a lot of people uh, throughout the, the immediate comp that, you know, he's, he's like Deuce Vaughn, but you know, like as, as D.Y. knows, um, I got to see, you know, Deuce back when he was at Round Rock and, um, they are not the same player. Yeah, they might have a similar skill set, but they are not the same player. And, and Dylan is, you know, excellent in his own right. But these things happen all the time. I can't even tell you how many conversations before we, we even hopped on the air was having a you know a theoretical conversation about someone's recruitment, about someone who just committed for the second time. And you could still say, hey, well, you know, if Alabama offers in November, you know, we'll see what happens then. Though, you know, we'll re- my my recruitment is one hundred percent shut down you know, and in parentheses for now, you know, these are all verbal packs. Um, you know, you, you talk about someone like, you know, other quarterbacks in the country, like Ricky Collins, you know, and he was, you know, really comfortable in his Purdue commitment, but that was going into his junior season. You think about just from, you know, not only are they're, they're high school football players and then obviously they're public figures, you know, from, from our line of work, um, but, you know, they're also people, you know, and they go through things in their family and stuff and, and situations change and, you throw in other factors of recruitment like NIL or, or just opportunities with the transfer portal and things opening up elsewhere. Um, there's so many factors that play into these, these kids' minds. And, and that's the whole thing. They're also kids 17, 18 years old making difficult decisions. So, um, you know, the good thing is that, you know, we're, we're all adults and, and, you know, fans are adults and they'll get by because there's always going to be another great running back or receiver quarterback down the road. Yeah. And speaking of a good receiver, um, just how attractive is uh, to play with Avery Johnson? Is that going to lure other receivers to Kansas State or put them in the ballpark for one? I know one that you cover is obviously Jacoby Lane, and you could probably speak to that one specifically. But is, is it uh, is Avery Johnson attracting that kind of talent to Kansas State? Yeah, he definitely is, and he's a big reason why um, a player like Jacoby Lane, who's um, you know unquestioned consensus four star kind of kid, top three hundred on three. Um, why he's considering K-State and why he's continuing to, you know, maintain that relationship, not only with the, obviously the K-State coaches and climate and, and all that, but, but with Avery and being a part. And you, these kids want to play with, with guys they know can deliver behind center. And, you know, like 
same way Dante Cook wanted to go to Texas to play with Arch. And, you know, there was the kid Anthony Evans out of San Antonio said if Arch went to Georgia, he would commit on the spot. You know, kids want to play with good quarterbacks. And Jacoby is one of, you know, along with Trey, Trey Spivey, we've all talked about off air. Um, they want to play with someone. Avery, you know, has, has shown it on the national level now. Um, and now that he's made his commitment, you know, it's, it's easy for the quarterback to be the recruiter. It's, it's you know, these, these kids are in so many group texts and group threads that we don't even we can't even imagine what it's like to to be recruited by them. But, you know, when the quarterback, I think, is involved, I think that's a big deal. Um, you know, we talk about the elite 11. Well, there's only so many really good quarterbacks in the country on a given year. Um, so if you're a good a good receiver like a Jacoby Lane, like, you know, you're you're considering your options and who your who your options are at quarterback. Um, and speaking of Lane, yeah, I think I think K State is right up there. I think he's, um, I think he's. I don't know how close he is to a decision, but I, I do expect him to have something um, by the end of the summer. Um, he's just kind of had a, a weird spiral in his recruitment. Now K State has and kind of established itself um, as one of his top teams. Um, they have not gone anywhere. They've kind of been riding with him for a, a good bit at this point, uh, which has not been lost on him at all. Um, really the Oregon offer is the one that kind of throws the loop. Um, he had been, he had similar relationships at Oregon. They finally offered after he worked out in Eugene, you know, but schools like USC and A&M are now getting involved and they're kind of realizing the talent, but ultimately I think it comes down to relationships with Jacoby because obviously he can, you know, he can go play and, and ball out anywhere. Um, so I think, it, I think it will come down to K-State and Oregon. Um, right now I think it's trending toward the ducks, but the longer it goes, the, the more it opens up the possibilities. You know, in, in general, a question that we get a lot from the fan base is like NIL. Obviously, that's changed the landscape, and and you've discussed that. We've seen all the stories. But a lot of people, when it first came out, thought, all right, well, this is going to make – this is going to concentrate the power at the top. It'll make the rich get richer. I think we've seen, obviously, examples of it doing the opposite with helping, you know, mid-tier uh, Power 5 schools get in the game a little bit more. As somebody who's in the thick of this day in, day out, what are you seeing right now in terms of – who it's benefiting or how it's changed, if if at all, the, the recruiting landscape in terms of who has the power. Yeah, you know, I, I do think, you know, there's a lot of it's a lot of different ways to look at it. I think to me, I think it does open up the doors for, I mean, Texas A&M has been the, the school at the forefront of the NIL situation for, you know, over a year now. And Texas A&M is not a school that we're accustomed to be talking about in, in control of the number one class in the country, let alone even the number one recruiting class in their own state sometimes. Um, so I think that it, Tennessee has not been, you know, scoring the number one quarterback in the country or number two or three quarterback for the last couple of recruiting cycles with all the coaching changing that's been going on in Knoxville over the years. Now, Heupel has obviously Nico, a five-star committed, um, which is a big deal. And I think that, you know, A&M signing the number one class or Tennessee is currently holding on to the commitment of a five-star quarterback without the introduction of NIL. Um, Having said that, <laughs> I do think that, it, you know, and, and while I'm certainly all in favor of athletes getting paid for, for their name, image, likeness, their brand, whatever they bring to the table, um, you know, everyone has that story as being a sports fan and realizing why the, your favorite players named weren't on their the jerseys that you were wearing and, and kind of, you know, discovering it from that point on. And I've always been in favor of that. I think from the recruiting angle, uh, it, it's just kind of become this free agency, if you will, when you combine it with the transfer portal and NIL being a part of that, where you are rounding up businesses to sign players. And, and while I'm, you know, for the, uh, you know, personally, I'm for the, you know, athletes getting profiting, you know, putting money in their pockets for their, for what they bring to the table. But when it, when it seems like it's competing contracts as opposed to 
con, you know, it, can NIL be a part of it? For sure. And I think if you level the playing field with some sort of salary cap situation, you know, you know, we've heard Ryan Day talk about 13 million. Well, that's Ohio State talking about what he thinks the minimum would be to bankroll uh, a recruiting class. And Ohio State is in, in contention for the number one class or the top five or so class year in and year out. And that's Ohio State saying that we don't even know. So if you're talking about where this, this is a K-State podcast, you know, if, if you're a school outside, the, you know, the top 10, the top 15 in terms of what you can do NIL wise, like where is the competitiveness of college football? You're going to talk about eight, eight or 10 teams competing the same, you know, like. So I think there has to be some standards, um, some regulations here. And, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that I'm echoing people who are way smarter and definitely people who are more powerful um, and have more influence, which is a great situation. Um, I think when it gets there, it'll be it'll be a, a more attainable situation right now. I think it's it's kind of changing the balance of college football and people don't know what to expect. Um, you know, personally, being at some of these recruitment ceremonies to hear about like contract figures, like their housing offers, it's such a obviously we've all heard about money deals under the table for years in this industry. But to hear about it, talk about openly like salaries and you know what you pay for your house and yada 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 and what's included in these contracts, it's it's really mind blowing. Um I don't think it's always a great look for for recruiting because recruiting should be about relationships and you know some of the more familiar aspects that that make it you know more fun and, and fun to cover. But maybe that's just me being crazy. But Sorry for rambling a bit. No, no. I I think you, you speak to what a lot of people listening to our podcast would would want spoken to and as far as that goes. I think a lot of people are on the same page with you. You know, the last question from me is Big 12 is going to look a lot different moving forward, obviously. Um, you've got new schools coming in here in, in just over a year. When you look at the landscape of the new Big 12, I know UCF, for instance, is having a, a great recruiting class right now. From a recruiting standpoint, who do you expect in a conference full of Pretty peer schools, schools where there are expected to be a lot of parity within the conference. Who do you think will be the top dogs when it comes to recruiting in, in a new look Big 12? Yeah, I, honestly, you know, I, I think that it kind of opens up the door for, for TCU um, a good bit. TCU has been working behind the scenes to kind of get up to, you know, we saw that they they made a strong push for Ruben Owen. So, you know, they have some NIL um funds, you know, becoming apparent to them. They have some deals with some name brands around the country. And TCU is a powerful, you know, private university and getting Sonny Dykes who comes over from SMU. They already have a lot of ties to recruiting the state of Texas. And you take out UT and you take out Oklahoma, who obviously recruit Texas at, you know, the highest of levels. Um, it opens up the door for TCU that might have been getting, you know, a few of those top tier guys are really getting that second and third tier. And maybe they're kind of, you know, cashing in on that, you know, for lack of better terminology. Um, TCU, you know, Baylor, I think they ran to those things in such a unique way. And he just, you know, pulled off one of these greatest quarterback heists by letting his quarterback just evaluate his options in a very old school way. And, it, you know, you, you never sense, you never stray far from home. And that's what Novosad did. And he passed up on Ohio State, on Notre Dame. Those are national name brands. He passed up on A&M, which is what we're talking about is a trendy NIL team, and it's obviously his parents' alma mater, which is even more interesting. Um, and that's a credit to just, you know, coaching staff with, with values. And there are still people and kids and families that um, rely on values. And I think Dave Aranda, um, you know, from my time when I was on the LSUB covering him, is one of the more cerebral guys I've ever. I don't even think I could have a conversation with him. He's way too smart for me. But listening to him, I feel like I learned so much. Um, so I think that will, you know, that will yield recruiting wins for him down the road. I think Baylor will be very successful, and 
Um, you know, you see K-State is getting guys like Avery Johnson. And, you know, teams that, that play well on the field, it tends to uh, even out on the recruiting trail. So I think that'll open up the doors for at least those guys in, in my neck of the woods. Well, Sam, it's been great chatting with you. Really appreciate all the insight on on Avery and college football recruiting in general. Uh, look forward to following you guys at On3. Uh, hear much more in, in the future. So uh, thank you for spending some time with us. And hopefully we can do it again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.